Good morning, NFL fans, and welcome to Championship Weekend Edition of Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. Real simple this week, we're going over two games, the two championship games from the weekend, from Sunday, my favorite day of the season. Uh, personally, I think it's it's cooler than the Super Bowl. You get to see two championship games uh, and, and four quality teams, and, and in many cases, these two games are closer in score and in competition than the Super Bowl ends up being. Uh, in most years, in, in recent years, Super Bowl games have been very good, but historically, uh, a lot of Super Bowls have been blowouts. But we will be covering both uh, the AFC and NFC. We'll start with the NFC game, the San Francisco 49ers, in case you missed it, defeated the Atlanta Falcons 28-24 to at the Georgia Dome. Uh, San Francisco redeemed their, themselves from last year's uh, loss against the New York Giants. And uh, John Harbaugh took his team to that Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick as the quarterback. There was a lot of controversy midway through the season. Alex Smith was replaced after he received a concussion. Never started again. Colin Kaepernick was the man the rest of the year. And you can't really say that it was a bad decision. Um, there, there, I, there would be a lot of second-guessers, including myself, would be second-guessing. Uh, John Harbaugh, if the 49ers missed the Super Bowl again, would Alex Smith have been able to take them there? Well, Colin Kaepernick took them there this year. I'm not saying Alex Smith wouldn't have been able to take them there this year, but Alex Smith did fall short last year, so based on that, Kaepernick was the right decision. I think most people in this game are going to talk about how Atlanta got out to that 17 nothing lead, and that, that's where we're going to start here in our, our discussions. Again, the Falcons jump out and have a really quick start. Uh, you can read all about it on our website. Uh, the article entitled, Falcons Lose NFC Championship Game, 49ers Advance to Super Bowl 47, written by Matt Schroeder. He talks about how the Falcons went out to a really quick start. Um, but as quickly as they got out to that 17 nothing lead with 14.54 left in the second quarter, so just at the beginning of the second quarter, uh, Matt Ryan hit Julio Jones for the second touchdown. The first touchdown was a bomb, 46-yarder to Julio Jones, and then the uh, Falcons also had a field goal towards the end of the first quarter. Completely dominated the first quarter of the game. I think the, on offense, the 49ers had negative yards, but that wasn't going to sustain over uh, four-quarter fo uh, football. The 49ers offense got going. Uh, the Falcons took away Colin Kaepernick's rushing ability. He only ran for two times. For 21 yards, so a good average. He had a run of 23 yards was really his only long run or, or run at all. The other run, I guess, was for negative yards. Um, but Frank Gore really shined through this game. Uh, he had 21 carries for 90 yards and scored twice on the ground, a, a personal record of two touchdowns in a game. Uh, Colin Kaepernick only threw 21 times. I'm talking about that with my friends while watching the game. I think that's really cool that a team can still win in the NFL only throwing 21 passes and only completing 16 of them. I mean, 16 of 21 is a high percentage, 76% completion percentage. 
uh, but think about only completing 16 passes and still getting you know 233 yards through the air. It's old school. It really is old school, and and in a way, it's new school because they run the run option uh, with Kaepernick and Gore. But um, it's old school in the way that they they don't have to throw the ball uh, more than 25 times or 30 times. It's very rare to see a, a team throw it less than 25 times in the NFL today. Atlanta Falcons, uh, prime example. Matt Ryan, 30 of 42. Again, a great completion percentage of 71%. 396 yards through the air, so uh, tore it up. Three touchdowns, but he did have one interception and a fumble lost, which was costly, really, at the end of the day. And to think about, the Falcons got out to such a fast start, they got shut out in the second half. Um, as quickly as they got out to that 17 nothing lead, with two minutes remaining in the first half, the 49ers had cut that lead to 17-14. So it was a game. And the Falcons did go into the the locker room with some momentum. They Matt Ryan found Tony Gonzalez for a 10-yard touchdown with 25 seconds left in the first half. So the Falcons' lead uh, increased to back to 10 for halftime, 24-14. But... Nothing, nothing in the second half for the Falcons. The, the 49ers got the ball to start the second half, uh, and uh, Frank Gore scored his first touchdown from five yards away, and David Akers actually missed a field goal in the second half, and that gave, I, I thought, the Falcons some momentum and some life. The fans were loving it. But again, um, the, the interception and the fumble came in the second half, and, and the, the Falcons really got nothing going on offense, and the 49ers scored midway through the fourth quarter uh, to take their first lead of the game, 28-24, and then with about four minutes left, the Falcons were driving, they were at about the 10-yard line of the 49ers, but a fourth and four, they failed to convert on what I thought was a, a questionable call. You know, I don't mind no calls. That's I always say I don't care if they're going to let plays go on defense I'm a defensive guy I favor the defense but you got to call it both ways and I thought on that fourth and four play there was a little holding a grab of the jersey for Roddy White the pass was a little bit behind him if I remember correctly so it wasn't the perfect pass to get that that penalty called but um, if, if he's holding the jersey you know it really doesn't matter it doesn't have to be a catchable pass so it could have been a holding call and I wouldn't have argued with that um, but there was no call, and um, San Francisco held on to the ball, and, uh, and and the Falcons actually got the ball back with six seconds remaining, but uh, weren't able to do anything with it besides throw a heave into the end zone. and, and um, Well, didn't even do that, actually. They threw a long pass down the field that Julio Jones caught, but in the middle of the field, no timeouts, game over. So I, I think the, the highlight of this game really was... Yes, the Falcons, I think you could emphasize how they they blew the game because they were up 17 nothing, and the Falcons lost this game. But I don't want to focus on the Falcons losing. I think the 49ers won this game. They they came out and had to come back down 17 nothing on the road, and they, they got the job done. And Colin Kaepernick wasn't able to run the ball, but he passed very effectively. He found Vernon Davis five times for 106 yards and a touchdown. That was huge, um, and even 
with a Michael Crabtree fumble at the one-yard line, which I didn't mention before. That happened in the second half. The 49ers were going to go up by a score uh, or a few points, but Crabtree fumbled on the one. The Falcons recovered. Uh, the, the they were 49ers came, overcame that and a missed field goal from David Akers. So they, they really dominated the second half when you look at the stats. Um, and the, the Falcons, we talk about all year, were they going to be able to run the ball to get to the Super Bowl, run it effectively enough? Through the first half, they were. And they, they just mixed in enough run, I thought, to to be effective through the passing game. Um, but looking at the final stats of the running game, they, they really didn't try and establish a running game, and I don't blame them. I mean, Matt Ryan was pretty efficient through the air, besides the one interception. I mean, completing 70% of the passes. I mean, in, in this is the one or, or lone, couple lone cases where you don't really need a running game to win. I thought Atlanta was going to win without one um, against the 49ers. But looking back and, and now seeing, you know, playing uh, Monday morning quarterback, Seeing that they lost this game, maybe a more efficient running game would have been better. Michael Turner, 8 rushes for 30 yards. Jaquiz Rogers, 10 rushes, 32 yards. So they didn't try at all to establish a running game, the Falcons did. And um, Matt Ryan, effective through the air, but some costly mistakes cost them. But again, I think the 49ers won this game um, with Frank Gore, Ka Kaepernick, effective through the air, falling finding Vernon Davis and the 49ers defense stepping it up huge in the second half, shutting out a prolific Falcons offense, holding them to zero points in the second half. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and break down the AFC matchup between the Baltimore Ravens and the New England Patriots. Welcome back to Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. Uh, I'd love to hear your comments about our show. Find me on Twitter, D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B. You can email me, D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B-06 at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook, search in your toolbar, Dave's Football News. Now moving over to the AFC Championship game, the Baltimore Ravens get their revenge over the New England Patriots and defeat them for the second time this year. 28 to 13. The thing that stuck out to me uh, in this game, again, the home team, same as in the NFC Championship, the home team, the New England Patriots, were shut out in the second half, and New England did only scored 13 points. I can, I still can't believe that. Thinking about this game, they scored only 13 points against the Baltimore Raven defense that. Um, I, they give up quite a bit of yards, and you, you just thought that New England would very easily score in the 20s, probably in the 30s. I thought this was going to be a really high-scoring game. Um, you know, Baltimore did their job on offense, scoring 28 points, but New England um, just ineffective 
is really all you can say uh, on offense, and especially in the second half. But um, they did get 428 yards on offense. So again, Baltimore giving up the yardage, but as they've been known to do this year, they have very um, good red zone defense, and um, they they create a lot of turnovers. And I actually I called that last week. I said I think. Baltimore will be able to create enough turnovers and make Tom Brady make enough mistakes to to win this game. And, and that's really what it came down to. If you look at Tom Brady's final statistics, 28 of 54 for 320 yards. So not a good uh, completion percentage for Tom Brady, only 53%. And threw one touchdown and two interceptions. Um, so that uh, one of the interceptions was late in the game. So that... Um, you can probably throw that one out of out, but um, when Baltimore doesn't turn it over at all, you know you have Joe Flacco and Ray Rice and and everybody handling the ball for Baltimore taking care of it. You knew that I, I thought that you could predict the Raven defense was going to get a turnover or two, and they got three. Um, you can, I think you can, you know, probably not really count the last one because that was at the end of the game, kind of in garbage time. So okay, they got two really important turnovers both coming in the second half again um uh, steve uh, the other one was stevon ridley on a really big hit um fumbled and i think sustained a concussion lost lost that fumble and tom brady threw an interception so um th- this was again a really impressive performance from the, the road team this is the first time since 1997 that both road teams won the championship game um, this the same same day, uh, and it's the first time for the AFC since 2005 that the road team won the championship game. So it's been a while for the AFC. But actually, in the NFC, three years in a row the road team has won. So there's a little bit history, uh, uh, championship game history for you from both conferences. Uh, and I think the other surprising thing, I'm focusing on New England right now, but the Patriots were ahead 13 to seven at halftime. So I think they put up that stat that Belichick was 72-0 and or 72-1 and when leading at halftime, all-time at home. I think at home was the other statistic. So <laughs> Baltimore um, really shattered that one. Um, and Baltimore scored to uh, at the middle, in the middle of the third quarter to, make, to take the lead, 14-13. And you, you thought that you know, this game was going to go back and forth at this point. Uh, and it didn't, because New England was unable to score at all in the second half. Uh, and Anquan Bolden, uh, kind of a forgotten man a little bit in Baltimore, I'd say, the last year or two, uh, or even since coming over to, uh, to, to Baltimore from Arizona. Uh, he was a superstar in Arizona, I thought, um, playing alongside Larry Fitzgerald, came over here. He had some costly drops in last playoff games. Uh, in playoff game of past, and you just kind of thought, okay, well, you know, Baltimore is never going to be able to get to the top of the AFC uh, without effective play from the quarterback and the wide receiver positions. And finally, they, they've gotten that through an entire playoff run, and they got that from Anquan Bolden on Sunday. Uh, Torrey Smith uh, didn't catch as many passes as um, he, he normally does. Um, he, he was targeted nine times, more than anybody on the team, but only had four catches. But it was Anquan Bolden with five, five catches and two touchdowns. He really shined, and he shined uh, 
the he, he shined wildcard weekend against the Indianapolis Colts, and then um, it was Torrey Smith last week against Denver. But once again, Anquan Bolden uh, in in the fourth quarter, two touchdowns, and he caught the first one from three yards away to make it 21-13. And then there was a turnover by New England, and then very quickly, uh, with in the next three minutes, uh, Anquan Bolden scored again from a pass from Joe Flacco, this time 11 yards away, and that was the final score to make it 28-13. to Joe Flacco, really can't say enough about his performance, 21 of 36, so not a great completion percentage, but 240 yards and three touchdowns. The important stat there, I think, no interceptions. And, and Ray Rice really was bottled up through this whole game. Uh, he had 19 touches on the ground, 48 yards, so didn't wasn't very effective. He did have one touchdown, but he took care of the ball, which is always important. And Bernard Pierce, was, it's been a good change up through the playoffs. It was a good um, change of pace again against New England. He had nine carries for 52 yards, so a lot more effective with his average of 5.8. Um, so this, this uh, I think it's, it's, this was the, the top game of the whole year for me. Uh, the the uh, rematch from last year's AFC Championship. Again, it was going to be in New England. And I just thought, personally, I thought Baltimore was going to ride the emotion of, of Ray Lewis and, and win this game. And, and they, that's what they ended up doing. Um, but it was the offense that that really shined, and and the defense getting those turnovers when they needed it. And Ray Lewis, his career is at least one more game. Um, uh, unlike Tony Gonzalez, who we didn't talk about in our first segment, but Gonzalez uh, ended up falling just short of his first Super Bowl appearance, and he is expected to retire. Maybe he comes back. I really hope he does. Uh, I it, I would think. If I was Tony Gonzalez, I wouldn't be able to retire knowing that we were at the 10-yard line on 4th and 4. We were 4 yards short of getting a first down and then 10 yards short of taking the lead in the championship game to go to the Super Bowl. We were so close. I, I, I don't know if I could retire. I, I would give it one more shot. But, but Ray Lewis has been to a Super Bowl before, has a Super Bowl MVP, but he now has a chance to go out on top as a Super Bowl champion, kind of pull a Jerome Bettis who did that uh, in 2005 for the Steelers, retiring in the, after winning the Super Bowl. Um, other things that stuck out for the AFC Championship game, I think just the history of it, the rematch, um, New England's chance uh, to go back to the Super Bowl for a sixth time under Tom Brady. Previously, Tom Brady was 5-1 um, and one in championship games and undefeated at home. So this is the first time with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick that they have lost a championship game at home. Uh, and it is the first time in 10 years that we're seeing a different team represent the AFC besides New England, Indianapolis, and Pittsburgh. And since 2003, uh, New England has represented the AFC five times, Pittsburgh three times, and Indianapolis two times. So that streak um, is snapped New England could have extended it to 10 years, but uh, Baltimore will be the first team other than those three to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And if you go back a little farther, this is just, I think that is incredible to have three teams for nine years be the only teams to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC. There's 13 other teams in the conference, and nobody can get past those three. And obviously, it's 
been very heavy at New England, who's gone five times. But um, when New England's having an off year, it's only been Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. It's kind of funny. Um, and all three of those teams have at least one Super Bowl loss, New England two losses during that span. But if you go back a little farther to 2000, only five teams in that 13-year span have, have represented the AFC. Uh, New England, a uh, total of six times, excuse me, I'm sorry, five times um, during that 13-year span. Um, Pittsburgh again three times, uh, Indianapolis two times, now Baltimore twice. So you go back to 2000, and, uh, Baltimore made it to the Super Bowl that year. So the only team, other team that's made it besides Baltimore, New England, Pittsburgh, and Indianapolis since 2000 from the AFC is Oakland. They snuck in there in 2002. So there's still 13 other teams in the conference that have not been to the Super Bowl since 2000. I, I think that's incredible stat as well. But Baltimore finally did it. They find, they've been so close. They've won a playoff game every single year since Joe Flacco and John Harbaugh have been there. So that's since 2008. So five years in a row, they've won a playoff game. And finally, they win three playoff games in a row and get to that Super Bowl. And um, they're going to be facing a really tough San Francisco 49er team. And John Harbaugh will be facing his brother, Jim, Har Jim Harbaugh. I'm sure everybody out there already knows that. It's been uh, heavily covered in the media. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and wrap up the championship show. <laughs> We're back here on Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. We're going to go over a little bit of uh, championship uh, Sunday history. We're going to start in the NFC. Uh, San Francisco 49ers are now tied with the Dallas Cowboys for the most uh, NFC championship game appearances with 14. Uh, Dallas's record is 8-6. and six. San Francisco's record is 6-8 and eight in those games. But... Um, San Francisco is a perfect 5-0 and in those previous Super Bowls, so we'll see if San Francisco can keep their perfect Super Bowl record and um, actually tie the Pittsburgh Steelers for the most Super Bowls of all time if they can go 6-0 and and defeat the Baltimore Ravens. The last time the 49ers won a road championship game, 1988 against the Chicago Bears. Um, I'll have to go all the way back to the dynasty, the dynasty years for the 49ers, and they actually killed the the Bears that year, 28 to three at, at Soldier Field, and that that was the beginning of a three-year run where the 49ers appeared in the championship game. It's funny if if you look at um, championship game records by teams, uh, most teams with winning records in the championship Sunday don't have winning records in the in the Super Bowl or or vice versa. Now teams that like San Francisco, they have a losing record in the in Championship Sunday but are perfect in the Super Bowl. It's kind of funny how that works. Every single team in the NFC has appeared in 
the championship game at least once. Uh, Seattle, Detroit, and Arizona all have one appearance. Arizona and Seattle are 1-0. and oh. uh, New Orleans only has two appearances, and they have uh, one win. The only team that doesn't have an NFC Championship win is Detroit. They are 0-1. They, they lost that game uh, in 1991 to the Washington Redskins. The Redskins are actually 5-1 and one in championship games and 3-2 and two in Super Bowls. Interesting. Um, the Los Angeles-St. Louis Rams actually have nine appearances. They're third in the NFC in most appearances, but they're only 3-6 and six in the championship game. Minnesota is fourth with eight appearances. They are 3-5. and five. So they've been to the Super Bowl four times, uh, but one of them, uh, the, one of the appearances was before the NFC Championship game officially started in 1970. So that um, the the other Super Bowl appearance was 1969. So that's why they only have been credited with three championship game wins, and they've lost all four of the Super Bowl appearances they've been to. Last interesting stat I, I see: the New York Giants have five NFC Championship game appearances and are five and zero. Pretty interesting, and they are four and one in Super Bowls. So there, there's an example of a team that's um, got uh, got very respectable, very good uh, records in both the championship and uh, Super Bowl games. Flipping over to the AFC, New England is climbing up the the total um, championship game appearances. They now have nine. They're, they're, they still have a way to go to catch the Steelers, who are number one with 15. Steelers lead all teams, um, all 32 teams, with uh, championship game appearances. They also are tied with the Cowboys for most championship game wins with eight. The Steelers are eight and seven in championship games and have won six of those Super Bowl appearances. Uh, the Los Angeles slash Oakland Raiders are second with 11 appearances. Um, but are only four and seven in all of those games that they've appeared in, but have won three of those Super Bowls. So there's an example of, of what I'm saying, a, a losing record in the championship game, but winning record in the Super Bowl games. Denver has a great championship game record, six and two in their eight appearances, their fourth all time, but are only uh, two and four in the Super Bowl. So there's an example of the flip side, great in championship games, but not so great in uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, same with the Buffalo Bills, 4-1 in championship games, but 0-4 in the Super Bowl. Baltimore is pretty much in the middle of the road. They uh, have four championship game appearances, uh, two in the last two years, uh, and are 2-2 two and two all time. Uh, the Baltimore Raven franchise um, was originally the Cleveland Browns, but those appearances still count towards the Cleveland Browns, um, who are 0-3 all time in championship games. Uh, the new Cleveland Browns, uh, the the expansion team they put in Cleveland since uh, that they put in that city in 1998 has not made a championship game appearance since then. Barely made any playoff appearances, to be honest. The last time the Cleveland appeared in a championship game, 1989. The only team in both conferences that has not appeared in a championship game is the Houston Texans. Uh, came twice the la came close the uh, the last two years, losing in the division round. But that expansion team has only been around for ten years now. But uh, they've yet to appear in a in a championship game, 
and there are um, more teams in the AFC, actually quite a lot more teams in the AFC that have never won a championship game. The New York Jets, the Cleveland Browns, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Kansas City Chiefs, and Seattle Seahawks, actually. Uh, all of those teams have never won, in addition to the Houston Texans, who have never been. They've never won a championship game. The New York Jets and the Kansas City Chiefs have appeared in a Super Bowl, but again, that was before 1970 when the championship games officially started. The Jets won the AFL championship in 1968. The Kansas City Chiefs won the AFL championship in 1969. But the Chiefs all-time in AFC championship games are 0-1. The Jets are 0-4. Last time the Jets appeared in one was 2010. The Chiefs' lone appearance was in 1993. Seattle Seahawks, one might wonder, actually used to be in the AFC, in case you forgot that, and they appeared in the championship game in 1983 but lost to the Los Angeles Raiders. And as I mentioned, the Jaguars, uh, 0-2, the last time they appeared was 1999. I think I forgot to mention the Atlanta history of uh, in the NFC championship. Obviously, they lost on Sunday to the 49ers. They are 1-2 all-time. Um, it was the first time they hosted a championship game, so they are 0-1 all-time at home. They are 1-1 on the road. Uh, their other two appearances were in 2004 against the Eagles. They lost, and they upset the 15-1 Minnesota Vikings in 1998 uh, to go to the Super Bowl, but lost to the Denver Broncos. So I hope you enjoyed that little, the list of uh, history a little bit um, from the championship games. Uh, you can probably obviously see that I favor championship weekend quite a bit. Obviously, I love the Super Bowl. It's a, it's a great event uh, around the country that everybody gets down and watches and enjoys. But there's a lot of hoopla involved with the Super Bowl now with the commercials and um, everything but the game, really. Um, and uh, I think... It, the championship game is still the championship weekend is still where the football and the game is actually important and I think there's a lot of history um, with championship game appearances that I just uh, listed off quite a bit and records and and teams and rematches like we saw this year which was really cool and um, uh, the last bit of trivia that I'll give you there have been two different cases where um, two teams have met in the championship game three years in a row uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Oakland Raiders met three years in a row in the AFC Championship game from 74 to 76. The Steelers won in 74-75. The Raiders won in 76. All three years, the winner of the game won the Super Bowl. And in the NFC, from 92 to 94, the San Francisco 49ers and the New York Giants, uh, excuse me, the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys uh, met all three years the Cowboys winning in 92 and 93, the 49ers redeeming themselves in 94. All three years, the winner won the Super Bowl. Um, the only other instance where two teams met three times in a short span, um, a, a short span of time, the Denver Broncos and the Cleveland Browns met three times in four years from 86 to 89, uh, and Denver won all three. Those are all three of Cleveland's losses in championship games. And um, actually, Denver lost all three Super Bowls. So 
I'm obviously telling this little bit of history in case we see another rematch between the New England Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens again next year. Um, obviously, New England lost last year's Super Bowl, so we will not be able to see the same kind of history that we saw with the Steelers, Raiders, and 49ers, Cowboys with the winner always winning the Super Bowl. But I think it would be cool uh, to see another rematch next year between the Ravens and Patriots. Obviously, that's not what I'm hoping for because I am not a Raven or Patriot fan. Uh, and it would be cool to see somebody else represent the AFC, uh, one of the other 13 teams that um, have not been to the Super Bowl in this millennium. But it's, it, I, I think it is cool to see a little bit of history, and, and it, both those teams, I think Baltimore and New England, will be competitive again next year. I think especially New England, this loss is really going to burn, uh, really going to hurt Tom Brady. I think he's going to be driven to get back there again. We'll see. He's been coming up short in, in years past. Uh, let's see if he can actually get to the Super Bowl and win one again. Hasn't happened since 2004. And Baltimore, we'll see if they win this game. Um, obviously, it could be a huge effect on their psyche for next year if they win or lose the Super Bowl. But based on uh, their their um, how they've done in the first five years with Joe Flacco and John Harbaugh, I don't see them slowing down at all. Um, with as long as they can get Joe Flacco that contract that he wants. So that, that, that'll be important. But uh, that's all we have for today's show. Tune in next week for Pro Bowl coverage, whoopee, and um, more Super Bowl coverage, and I'll make my prediction next week on Monday Morning Huddle. In the meantime, I'm going to go try and find some peace in my mind.